Hey everyone, my name is Greg. I'm McCoy. And I'm Dee. We're from GamChat. We're three Filipino-American gay guys discussing topics about culture, LGBTQ identity, politics, even love. Or the lack thereof. Here we go again. Okay, okay. We also cover family dramas and everything your tita baby and uncle boy don't want to talk about. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That message was brought to you by Bunk Collective. You're listening to Sleeping in Class with Professor Rafa. Be still and relax. Class is in session now. Picture this. You're walking down a natural path in a calm forest. It's a sunny day, but you barely feel it between the shade of the trees above and the cool air from the fresh morning rain earlier. As you walk through, you see the sights of this pocket of nature come to life. The gentle brush of leaves in their trees, the rustling in the bushes from shy wildlife hiding away. In the distance, you can make out the soft babble of a gentle stream. As you walk along this path, you feel the soft grass underneath your feet. Your muffled footsteps are occasionally interrupted by the crackle of dead leaves and twigs. But all of a sudden, you step on some bare earth. The fine grains of the soil sticking to the bottom of your feet. As you pause to take a closer look, you begin to notice that it's really not just trees and plants and animals occupying nature. All of these would be nothing without a solid foundation of soil. To your right, hear a small stream and imagine its banks lined with clay. In the distance, past the canopy, you see tall mountains with jutting rocky cliffs that are slowly eroding into sand. Soil is sometimes the forgotten member of this picture of nature, but its importance cannot be overstated. There is a reason that we continue to build our foundations out of soil. Soil is deeply integrated in our daily lives in many ways. The staple foods we consume are grown from plants that require soil for nutrients and structure. Beyond that, there is a whole slew of materials derived from soil. Houses and buildings that we live in are built from reinforced concrete, a composite material of sand and cement. And speaking of sand, your computer and phone screens would not exist without the tempering of sand silicates into glass. I've described many different kinds of soil up until this point. Sand, clay, but there's also silt, gravel, peat. But what exactly do these different terms of soil actually refer to? 
According to the Unified Soil Classification System, or USCS, these are used to refer to the size of the particles of the soil. In order of decreasing particle size, we start with the biggest, gravel. Then next is sand, and then even smaller to silt, and then finally the finest particles, which are clay. Silt and clay are also further differentiated by whether they have a large amount of organic or inorganic material. Soil that has a very high composition of organic material is known as peat. Before I go any further, I just want to say that for this episode, we are using the word organic in the scientific sense. Organic would mean it is derived from a biological source and inorganic meaning it is not from a biological source. In this case, the term organic has nothing to do with whether something is produced without additional chemical additives. Back to soil. Peat is a very interesting material all on its own. It's basically an accumulation of decaying vegetation and other organic matter. It is a natural resource that is gathered from peatlands. A majority of these peatlands are wetlands, like bogs or mires. And traditionally, peat has been harvested for use as fuel or fertilizer. Some scientists even say that peat is the first step in the very long process of fossil fuel formation. Beyond that, peatlands just as a biome are actually very, very important for climate change mitigation. Peatlands are one of the most efficient carbon sinks on the planet. While forests are usually the poster child for carbon capture, peatlands do it much better. How much better? Well, let's just say that despite only covering 3% of the world's surface biomes, peatlands capture more carbon than all the other biomes, including forests, combined. Unfortunately, when peatlands are damaged by human intervention, they sometimes end up producing more carbon than what they capture. This is because peatlands are all about balance, a balance between living and non-living material. Human intervention, such as deforestation and habitat destruction, kill the plants and bacteria that drive the carbon fixation process. This results in a huge accumulation of decomposing organic material, and this decomposing material releases more carbon dioxide into our atmosphere, at times overcoming the peatland's ability to absorb and fix carbon dioxide. Let's leave the boggy peatlands for a bit and look at a more familiar soil type, sand. Sand is quite possibly one of the most useful materials to us in our modern age. As mentioned before, sand is used in building materials like concrete and glass. In concrete, Sand and gravel form the aggregates that provide structure and strength. Of course, the binding element that holds this together 
is a different material entirely, cement. Cement also comes from the earth, but it is not quite the same as sand. We'll probably discuss that in another episode. Apart from its ability to hold up structures and provide strength, sand has another useful quality. This one is owing to the large size of its grain relative to other types of soil. These grains make sand abrasive. A lot of our furniture and ceramics are made smooth, thanks to sandpaper. In addition, a process called sandblasting is a way to use sand to clean and polish objects when water and chemicals are not appropriate. For example, brick and stone buildings can be cleaned with sandblasting. The hulls of boats are another candidate for abrasive cleaning. The last major function of sand is not actually unique to sand and the size of its particles, but it is dependent on something that is found within the sand. Naturally occurring quartz sand contains a type of mineral known as silicates. These silicates, when superheated and then cooled and processed, are turned into glass. Glass has a whole slew of uses for us, from architecture to home use to laboratory applications to optics. We'll discuss this further when we talk about minerals in a different episode. Another type of soil that we use for vessels and architecture is the last one that we will discuss this session, clay. Clay has different qualities because of the fine size of its particles. Its main mechanical property is the fact that making it wet turns it into a formable elastic material. This is made possible due to the small clay particles attracting water into a film around them. The bonding between the clay and the water is strong enough to hold a shape, but weak enough to allow it to be molded freely. When the clay is then dried, the water is removed, and the clay particles adhere directly to one another, making it rigid and brittle. Applying extreme heat to this clay causes a chemical reaction that bonds the clay particles together irreversibly. This is how earthenware like bricks, pottery, and ceramics are created. There are so many different ways that we can use and process soil. But of course, non-processed soil is also very useful for us. After all, the way that soil occurs in nature, it's usually not a 100% occurrence of pure clay, pure silt, or even pure sand. Naturally occurring soil is a mixture of different particles of different sizes, organic and non-organic. This mixed soil that we encounter is the one that contains enough nutrients to grow plants and has enough structure to help their roots firm up. 
Not only does the soil feed us, but healthy soil can also save our lives. Because soil can absorb dangerous flood water and move it safely into the ground into reservoirs that we can use as drinking water. Soil is also what holds foundations in place in buildings. And at the same time, it prevents landslides during major weather events. This is why it's important to keep some of that soil around us in that natural, non-processed state. As our cities continue to expand, there is a growing demand for processed soil, like sand and gravel. We dredge and destroy rivers just to mine more sand. There is a literal sand mafia that has emerged in countries like India that controls the trade of that precious commodity. The sand that is mined is then turned into concrete, which will then be used to cover up the very land that was stripped. This concrete covering not only prevents anything underneath from growing, but it also prevents life-saving processes like the previously mentioned absorption of flood water by exposed soil. I'm not advocating that we stop using soil. It is essential to our modern way of life. I'm just hoping that we become more aware and more mindful of how much we rely on it. And hopefully, that would mean that we would take much better care of it. So the next time that you're out for a walk in nature, admire the sun, admire the sky, appreciate the trees, the grass, the flowers, and all the plants, the animals, the water, And after you've given those usual suspects the attention that they deserve, search for a pile of dirt or a patch of soil somewhere on the path. Go to that soil and thank it. Sleeping in Class with Professor Rafa is brought to you by Bunk Collective. For news and updates, follow us on your favorite social media at SleepingRafa and at TheBunkPH. Until then, class dismissed. The following message is brought to you by Bunk Collective. Meron bang mga bagay na bumabagabag sa iyong kaisipan? Tulad ng sino, saan, bakit, sa paanong paraan? Mga tanong tungkol sa kalikasan o mga bagay tungkol sa ating katawan? Atin yung bibigyan ng kasagutan. Mga sayantipikong sagot sa mga katanungan ni Juan, dito natin yan pag-uusapan. Ito ang Hinay na Tagham the Podcast mula sa inyong gurong lakan mula sa Bulacan, Sir Red. At sabay-sabay tayo magsabi ng Hainayan, magpakailanman.